James chapter 1, starting in, verse, starting in verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. I want to preach this morning out of verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers Diverse is, divers is just a short way of saying diverse. We would say diverse, but divers are different temptations. When you fall into, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. So I want to preach this morning on a tough subject that every Christian has to deal with, and that's the subject of temptation. It don't matter if you're a young Christian or an old Christian. If you've been a Christian for 70 years, you've got to deal with, every day you've got to deal with some kind of temptation in your life. And that, that's part of being a Christian is that it is a temptation. If you're, not a, if you're not a Christian, then there's no temptation to it. I mean, you just do what you want to do. What, you're, not, you're not tempted in any way to try to do what's right. You just live like an animal, amen? But as Christians, we, we, we have to deal with temptations. And notice here in, in verse 2, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. So a temptation should be a joy to you. Why should it be a joy to you? Because in verse 3, knowing this, that the trying of your faith... Work with patience. It should be a joy to you when you're going in through a temptation because it's a joy because it gets you, gives you a chance to test out your faith. To test out your faith. It should be a joy to you because you get a chance to test it out. To see, okay, where am I at? If you're a Christian, you should be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And a disciple means that you are trying to discipline yourself, discipline your life to pattern your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And if, you're, and if you're not doing that, then you cannot call yourself a disciple. There's a lot of people who are saved, but aren't necessarily disciples of Jesus Christ. They might be saved going on to heaven, but they're not living the life that Jesus Christ would want them to live. They're not disciplined. Disciple means the discipline. It's a discipline. In other words, you've got to tell yourself no. <laughs> a discipline is to tell yourself no to, get to, to force this flesh to do things it doesn't want to do. And that's a discipline. A discipline is to force your flesh to do things that your flesh doesn't want to do. If you're not disciplining your f- flesh, then you'll, you'll eat whatever you want to eat. You'll do what you want to do. You'll act however you want to act. You're not disciplined at all. And you, know, you see that in little kids. Little kids are not disciplined. And as they grow older, you want them to be disciplined. You want to discipline them and teach them that they need to do certain things a certain way. And as a Christian, we need to grow that way. And every day, we need to try to get better at being a Christian. We need to be disciples of Jesus Christ. So it's a joy. It says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. It should give you a chance to test out where your faith's at. If I'm calling myself a Christian, and we all want to be called Christians if you're saved, considering myself a disciple of Jesus Christ, it gives you a chance to test that out and say, okay, where am I at? And that should be a joy to you. Uh, another discipline in the world today is a discipline of martial arts. A martial arts is a discipline. They show up and they, they, they practice certain moves. They practice certain punches. They practice certain ways to defend themselves, certain throws in judo. There's different things they do as a discipline. And what happens at the end of their, of their lessons is that they get, the, they get out there on a mat and then they test themselves. They get somebody who's like-minded belt or, or like-minded discipline that's on the same level. And then they test themselves to see, okay, am I getting better at this move? Am I getting better? And they, and they practice against each other. And it's a joy to them to do that. Why is it a joy to them? Because then they get to see, okay, am I getting better at this? And if I'm not getting better, there's some things I need to change. And it's a joy to them to do that. As a Christian, that's what temptation is. It's you and that battle going on. And the temptation is it's a battle going on and you should be able to win some of these battles. 
And it gives you, it should be a joy to you that you should be able to test and see where am I at in my Christian walk? Where am I at? Where am I at in my Christian walk? That's why it's a joy to you. Look at verse 12. James chapter 1, verse 12. James tells us there in verse 12, he says, in James chapter 1, verse 12, he said, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. So the Bible tells us it's a blessing to endure temptation. Is it a blessing to endure temptation? <laughs> Most Christians will say, no, it's not, Brother King. It's not a blessing to endure temptation. Because the hardest thing is to go through a temptation, is it not? Then it wouldn't be a temptation. The temptation is you're trying to make your flesh do something it doesn't want to do, and that's hard to do, living in the flesh. It's not a blessing to be tempted. It's not a joy to be tempted. But the Bible, in all its glory, and the way the Bible is, and the way the Word of God is, it's always an oxymoron. Whatever you're living, it seems like it's an oxymoron. It's torturous to be tempted. And the Bible says, it's a joy. I just read it to you. It's a joy. And then you say, it's hard. And the Bible says here in verse 12, it's blessed. You're blessed. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Why is it a blessing that you're enduring temptation? Because for when he is tried, that's that test we're talking about, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. The reason why it's a blessing to endure temptation is when you pass that temptation, when you're able to get through that temptation and not fall to temptation, you get a chance to show Jesus Christ how much you love him. Amen. You get to show him how much you love him. When you're enduring a temptation and you're able to say, you know what, Lord, you know I'm tempted to do this, whatever sin it is, whatever sin it's going on in your life, and you're tempted to do it, and you, you win that battle, and you endure the temptation, it's a blessing to you because you get to show Jesus Christ how much you love him. You say you love him? Amen. We, we love Jesus Christ, don't we? Don't we say we love Jesus? You should love Jesus Christ. You love him? Well, then you want to be able to endure a temptation. You want to be able to say, Lord, I'm going to do this for you. I've done that in my prayer life. There'll be a temptation coming in my life, and I'll say out loud, I'll say, Lord, I'm not going to do that because I want to show you how much I love you. Lord, I'm not going to do that because I know you don't want me to do that, and I'm doing that for you, Jesus Christ. You know why I do that? Because, see, in my flesh, I'm thinking, I want him to remember. (laughs) I want the Lord to remember that I did something for him, you know. <laughs> he don't need me to remind him. Well, that's the flesh. But I do say that out loud. I say, Lord, I'm not going to do that because I know that's not what you want me to do. I want to show you how much I love you. Blessed is a man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Can you imagine getting to heaven and the Lord be up there and the Lord have some little crown up there and you're just like flabbergasted. Well, Lord, what's up with that? He goes, remember? All those years you were tempted and all those times that you didn't follow temptation and you did it because you loved me. And him place a little crown on your head for that. Man, what a glory. Well, can you imagine? So what's so special about that? Getting something from Jesus Christ. That's, that's the most amazing thing. To get Jesus Christ to show up and give you a little crown. Now listen to me. Now listen to me. And then later on, when everybody starts taking their crowns and throwing it at the feet of Jesus, don't you want to be able to have a crown to throw at the feet of Jesus Christ? Amen. Don't want you feel bad when you're sitting around and people have these crowns and they're throwing them at the feet of Jesus Christ and you have nothing to give him. You have nothing to give him. Because every time you felt you just kept falling into temptation, falling into temptation, and you kept... See, these rewards that we talk about, that the Lord Jesus Christ talks about waiting for us up in heaven, there's a reason for these rewards. It's a blessing to endure temptation. It gives you an opportunity for him to reward you so you can give it right back to him. Throw it at his feet. Let's move on to verse 13. 
Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust. So what we, what we learn here in verse 13 is, third thing we're going to learn about temptation is, temptation to sin is not from God. The temptation from sin is not to God. God's not going to tempt you to sin. And the verse is very clear about that. That temptation to sin is coming from your flesh and coming from the devil. It's not coming from God. God doesn't want you to sin. God doesn't want you to do bad things. God hates sin. He hates sin. He doesn't want you to be any part of sin. It's a blessing to endure it. It's a joy to endure temptation, but it's not God giving it to you. It's because you're living in this old wicked flesh. And the devil's coming along tempting you. Eve was tempted by the devil. But he went to Eve because he knew he had a chance with her. I believe that. I really believe that. He knew he had a chance with her. He could have tempted Adam, but he went to Eve. He had a chance. There was something there. Whatever was hanging on that tree, I think Eve had been looking at that thing, wasn't it? And I think the devil had seen her looking at that and admiring it. Maybe she knew she couldn't eat it, and she went over there, and she would just look at it. And maybe she reached out, and she kind of touched it. She was being tempted by her own flesh way before Satan showed up and started giving her all the reasons to go ahead and try it and eat it. I really believe that. But it wasn't God. So we need to establish that this morning, that God's not the one that's tempting you. Verse 13, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God did not be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Flip Wilson, Flip Wilson used to say, uh, the devil made me do it. You can't say the devil made you do it. The devil tempted you, but you know who made you do it? You made you do it. You need to take responsibility for your sin. And stop putting it off on somebody. Oh, my mom and dad, the way they raised me. Or the way my, my mom and dad, they beat me when I was younger. The way this world is, always they're trying to, it's just a complex. The world has wants you as a, as a grown-up to, to look back on your life and, and imagine some other way you were raised in the ghetto or you didn't have enough money or whatever, how you were raised. You have a wicked mom or a wicked dad. And, the, and, the de- and, and God's not going to put up with that, see. God's not going to let you have those excuses. He's going to say, he's going to pull somebody up that went through the same situation you did that's not doing what you're doing. Because it's your fault. And the world wants you to blame it on other people. And God's going to say, it's you. You're going to be judged for your sins. You're not going to answer for your dad's sins or your mom's sins or your kid's sins or whatever reasons, whatever circumstances in your life. It's your fault. And if you'll start out and this, this is a new year and you're starting saying, you know what, this is a new year. And I'm going to do the best of my ability not to blame anybody for anything I do and to put it solely on myself. If you go and look at the problem in your life, if you look in the mirror, that's the problem in your life. It's you. That's you. It's you. And you can't blame the devil. It's your own lust. Verse 14, but every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust. It's not your wife's lust or your husband's lust or your mom's lust or your dad's lust or anybody else's problem. It's you. It's your own. It's personal. I'm not trying to step on your toes, but it's true. And we need to look at that and stop trying to put our blame of our problems on other people. Well, I have a drinking problem because I grew up around somebody, a mom and dad that used to drink. And that, no, your drinking problem is you. You've got to take responsibility for your own sins. And the Bible's real, real quick to tell you, it's not God's fault. It's not the devil's fault. It's your own fault that you're going through this temptation. It's your own fault. It's something that's going on in your life. Verse 14, but every man is tempted. Every man is tempted. Let's just stop there. Everybody's dealing with temptation. Amen. Okay. I don't care if you're the preacher or if you're, the, the, if you're a brand new Christian, if you're a young Christian, you're dealing with this problem. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. 
So verses 14 and 15, they're going to give us a definition of what temptation is. And let's read it through again. Let's read 14 and 15 together, friends. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. For the wages of sin is death. So we know that sin is what's going to cause us to die. And what, why we're sinning is because we're, bringing this, we're tempted by our own lust to do something. And that brings about sin. And when it's conceived, then it brings about death. So there's a threefold process that goes on when you're tempted. What happens in the first of temptation is the presentation. There's a presentation during temptation. During the first of temptation, there's a presentation to do this sin, to commit this sin. There's a presentation. And then the second step is your conscience your conscience judges it as sin. The Holy Spirit in you will judge it as sin. There's something in you that tells you, this, what I'm about to do or say or commit is not right. That's a sin against God. And your conscience, the second part of that, the first there's a presentation. The second part of that is a conscience decision through the Holy Spirit or through your conscience that God gives you if you're lost to tell you that this is not right and judges it as sin. So there's two steps of that process. You haven't sinned yet. Notice, you haven't sinned yet. You've been presented with the sin. Your conscience tells you if you do this or you commit this, it is a sin. The third part is where the sin takes place. It's in the decision. There's a presentation. There's a conscious judgment of this as a sin. And then the third part is the decision. This is what we're talking about this morning. When the temptation comes to you, the temptation comes to you to commit this sin, then it's presented to you, and then you know, hey, this is a sin, and what do we do as Christians? A lot of times we go ahead and do that sin, don't we? I hate to admit it. We go ahead and sin. And that's the decision. So the sin is in the decision. So we need to, we need to look at this three-step process and decide, and look at this and see this morning if we can figure out a way to break this pattern so we won't be, when we're tempted, we can endure it. Because we love Jesus Christ, amen? I, we want to please him, and we want temptation to be a joy. Saying, say, you know what? It's a joy to me to know I was tempted, and you know what? I won. I won. You know why you're not happy as a Christian? Because you're sinning. You're doing things you're not supposed to do. So the root of that is temptation. We're going to look at that this morning. We're going to try to attack that. We're going to look at temptation and see if we can win this battle with temptation. Because that's where it's all at. You know, I was reading about Bobby Leach. Y'all know this man's name. You might not know his name, but you know this man because he's the one that they put in the wheelbarrow. He was from England, and they put in a wheelbarrow, and he put him in Niagara Falls, and he went over Niagara Falls in a wheelbarrow, and he survived. He didn't even get hurt. And then a couple years later, he's walking down the street, slipped on an orange peel, and broke his leg. Now, what kind of luck is that? Well, what that tells you is that's like temptation. When you see something really big coming towards you, like a Niagara Falls temptation, it's easier to handle because you get prepared for it. It's the orange peels of temptation that get you. Amen. It's those little things that you don't see coming that come, they slap you on the side of the head, and before you know it, you're committing that sin. With me being an Irishman, see, I'm going to put my blame, and not on myself, but on my Irish heritage, a lot of it is my temper. See, I just preach that you're not supposed to blame it on other things. And what I tell you, it's because I'm Irish that I got a hot temper. No, it's because I'm Keegan is why I got a hot temper. And that's a sin to be so hot tempered. But something will set me off, and before I know it, something will come out of my mouth that's not supposed to be there. And I'm tempted, and it just goes out like that. It's the little things. It's not the big things. When I'm sitting there thinking, I'm about to have to drive in all this traffic in Dallas, and I'm about to put up with all this, well, I get prepared, and I'm not committing any kind of sin. I'm prepared. But when I'm in the middle of it, 
And then that idiot goes vroom like that. And then that's when you're like, ooh, and then you, oh, yeah. and then your phone d- tries to take you onto a toll road. You don't want to go on a toll road. Those are when those little temptations turn into big temptations, and it's easy to spout off something. And then you're sinned, just like that. Your sin is going to be something different. I'm here to tell you. Some of y'all, you might be like my wife, just as patient as Job. And it takes a hundred things to make you mad. You'll be tempted to do something I would never be tempted to do. And the devil knows it. And you better get ready. Look at 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. So the Bible says that God, the Lord, knows how to deliver you out of temptations. You're godly because Jesus Christ is living in you. That's the only godly thing about you. So there's a God, God because you're trying to live a godly life. He knows how to deliver you out of temptations. There's the promise. There's the promise. You, are, you can be delivered out of temptations by God. He knows how to do it. See that? The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. So he knows how to do it. So let's look at how he does it. Okay, let's see. Let's, he says he can do it. Well, let's see how he does it. Turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. What did Jesus Christ say in the, in the Lord's Prayer? Y'all remember the Lord's Prayer back in Matthew chapter 6? The Lord said in his prayer, he said, when you're praying, he says, pray this way. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. That's what Jesus Christ said. He said, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God knows how to deliver you from evil. And you want to pray daily, Lord, don't lead me into temptation. Don't lead me any way that I can be tempted. That's what, how you want to pray. Now look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. All right, let's stop there. The first thing you need to know is this temptation is nothing, there's nothing unique or special about your temptations. Nothing. Everybody goes through these kind of temptations. You say, yeah, Brother Keegan, but if you only knew the temp- what I'm tempted to do, there's nothing special about it. There is nothing. There's lots and lots and lots of Christians being tempted to do everything you're tempted to do. And we're not going to go into some long list of some gory details, whatever you're tempted to do. But let me tell you something. The Bible's not a liar. And God's not a liar when he says, there is no temptation taking you but such as common to man. And don't get into your head and don't let the devil get in your head that this is some kind of special, unique temptation that nobody else is dealing with. Don't lie to yourself. Everybody's dealing with that kind of temptation, and it might, not, it might be something you think, well, this is a weird temptation. It's not weird to everybody else. You just think it is, because we don't all talk about this stuff, and we shouldn't talk about our sins. We should be praying about it. We should be trying to ask Jesus Christ to forgive them. We shouldn't be airing our dirty laundry out for everybody to see. That's why sometimes you don't think it, that it's very common. You think, well, I'm special. And this temp-. No, God says there's nothing special about your temptation. I don't care what it is. Listen to me. I don't know if you're listening to me this morning, but I don't care what it is. I don't care what you think is special about you. It's not special. There's no temptation taking you such as common to man. All right? Now we got that established. I want to get that established because sometimes as Christians, you run into other brothers in Christ. And I don't talk to a lot of sisters in Christ about this stuff. But other brothers in Christ, and they'll tell me about something that they're having to deal with. You know what? It's not, it's not uncommon. All these guys are tempted to do this stuff. All these young Christian men are tempted to do this stuff. It's nothing uncommon about it. What are you doing with it, though? What are you doing with the temptation? That's what it is. Now look at verse 13. There is no temptation taking you, but this is common to man. But God is faithful. Amen. We have a faithful God. We can say that this morning. God is faithful. We, well, I read to you in 2 Peter. He'll deliver you from temptation. He knows how to do it. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able God's not going to let you be tempted above something that you can't get over. 
You can get over this temptation. He's not going to let you be tempted about something that you're not able to bear. You don't believe me, do you? I could read this verse a hundred times, and a hundred times some of y'all go, no, there's no way I can overcome my sin. You can't overcome your sin. He's not giving you a temptation that you can't get over. Look, look, read with me. I'm not just making this stuff up. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. God is giving you an escape hatch. He's giving you a fire escape. He's giving you an escape way to get out of it. I just read it to you. But notice, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, notice, but will with the temptation. The temptation don't go away. The temptation is still there. But will with the temptation, with it, also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. See, the problem is you don't want to bear it. What does bear it mean? It means you got it up on your shoulders and you're bearing it around. Guys, there's some of these temptations you're going to bear for the rest of your life. Uh, I mentioned and threw it out there. It might be me being tempted because uh, of my temper to do stuff I shouldn't do because of my temper. That's something I'm going to have to bear with the rest of my life. I am. Some of y'all have, are tempted to, to, to drink alcohol and maybe have an alcohol problem. And I'm here to tell you, if you've had an alcohol problem, you're going to have an alcohol problem until you go on to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to have to bear that temptation the rest of your life. Amen. You will bear it. But he's given you a way to escape. Amen. With it, he's given you a way to bear it and escape it. You can do it through Jesus Christ. You not read that in Philippians 4.13? I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Don't tell me you can't. God just told you you could. He gave you a way to escape it. So when you're tempted to do something and you fall to sin, listen to me, you might have failed yesterday. You might have failed last night. I don't know what temptations you're going through, but I'm here to tell you this morning, you can get out of it. It's going to come back. The temptation's still there. You're still going to be presented with it. And the next time, you can win. You can win with Jesus Christ. You can do it. I'm here to tell you there's victory in Jesus Christ. There is victory in Jesus Christ. And God gives us Jesus Christ so we can have the victory. God gives us Jesus Christ so we can walk on this earth and do things for Him and get the victory. That's why He gave us Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit living in us so we can get the victory, so we can live the Christian life, so we can do these things that Jesus Christ wants us to do because Jesus Christ says in John 15, without me, Jesus Christ said in John 15, without me, you can do nothing. Without Jesus Christ, He said, you can do nothing. So we got Jesus Christ so we can do all things through Him which strengtheneth me. So you can win this battle. So many Baptists were real bad about it because we know we're saved by grace. We get into this, this little rut where we go, well, I know I'm saved and I'm committing this sin, and, but I know that God saved me. I know I've got a place waiting for me in heaven. And all this is true doctrinally. But God's not happy with you. He wants you to win this battle. He wants you to fight. He wants you to be, you're tempted. He wants you to deal with it. He's gave you a way to bear it. He wants you to be able to escape it. And we shouldn't be living in it. You know, I was reading, <laughs> reading about uh, Martin Luther. And Martin Luther says, when the devil, because I asked Martin Luther, how do you beat the devil? And Martin Luther said, when the devil comes and he knocks on my door, and the devil knocks on my door, the devil says, who lives here? He said, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ goes and opens up the door. And Lord Jesus Christ says to the devil, Martin Luther used to live here, but now I live here. And Martin Luther says, when the devil sees the nail-scarred hands of my Savior, he turns and flees. When the devil comes into your life and tempts you, you should tell the devil, I don't live here anymore. Jesus Christ lives in this body. 
And I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to follow this temptation. I, my God and Saviors gave me a way to escape it, and I'm going to escape it. I'm going to escape it. In closing, how do we escape the temptation? Let me give you some advice on how to escape temptation. First off, stay busy. Stay busy. If you stay busy, you won't be as tempted. You notice that? Most of the time when I get into my problems is when I'm not busy. i got time. The world says, and it's a true saying, idle hands are the devil's workshop. So you need to stay busy. You stay busy, and, I, and staying busy don't mean staying busy on the couch watching TV. That's not staying busy. Amen. That's not staying busy. That's not staying busy. That's the devil being busy on your mind. That's what's happening there. You're being lazy. You've cut your mind into neutral, and you're allowing the devil being busy on you, working on you. Turn that stupid TV off and get up and do something. Wash the dishes, go outside, work out in the yard, whatever it is that's going to keep you from sinning. When you're tempted, get away. God's given you a way to escape, so stay busy. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. That's Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 18. Here's another one to help you out. Guard your eyes. Guard your eyes. Watch what you're watching. Watch what you're putting your eyes on. The Bible says in Psalms, I'll set no wicked thing before my eyes. Don't let anything set before your eyes. For you young men and you old men out there, Job says, I made a covenant with my eyes. Job says, I made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? Don't even look at that stuff. Don't even, when you see that stuff on TV or whatever might be tempting to you, to, to, to tempt you to do some kind of sin, don't discard your eyes. Don't look at the stuff. Put a guard over your eyes. That's the, that's the main thing. Half the battle is guarding what you're looking at. You're tempted to spend money and sin and spend more money you should spend, then you need to guard what you're watching on TV because something's causing you to covet something you don't need. Whatever sin it is, one of the things is to guard your eyes. Guard your eyes. The third thing you can do to help yourself with temptation is to guard your thoughts. Guard your thoughts, your thought process. That's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You need to bring in these thoughts and these crazy ideas and bring them into the, the obedience of Jesus Christ. Is this what the Lord would want me to think about? Is this what the Lord would want me to dwell on in my mind? And I can tell you nine times ten, no, it's not. It's not what the Lord wants you to be thinking about. So you need to guard what you're looking at. You need to guard what you're thinking about. And lastly, to help you out with your temptation is you need to pray. You need to pray. You need to have a good prayer life. You know, when I was talking about guarding what you see, you ever thought about, you ever watched a dog? I used to have these dogs, and I, and I don't know if y'all are like me, but I like to tease dogs. But if you ever tease a dog with like a treat, tell the dog no. You can't have this treat. And you either lay it down or you keep it in your hand. You ever notice what a dog does when you tell him no? It doesn't, he doesn't look at the treat. He looks right up at you. He watches your face. And he like, his eyes are cut every once in a while at that treat in your hand. You ever notice that? And as soon as you say, okay, you can have it. <laughs> but the whole time you're telling him no, he won't even look at it. What will he do? He'll just look at you. He'll look at your face. See, a dog is smarter than most Christians. When you're tempted to do something, when you're tempted to do something, instead of looking at that temptation, put your eyes on your master, Jesus Christ, and watch his face. Because he's telling you no, and just watch his face. Watch his face. Lastly, you need to pray. You need to pray. I'll show you the verse. Look at Matthew 26, 41, and we'll close there. Matthew 26, 41. To help you with your temptation, you, need to, you just need to pray. Jesus Christ is about to be betrayed by Judas Iscariot, and he's in the garden, and he's, he wants his disciples to pray, and he wants them to help him out. But look, well, look what he says in Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. This is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ says. He says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Guys, you've got to keep in mind your flesh is weak. You need to pray. 
and watch and pray. And Jesus Christ tells his disciples, watch and pray that ye enter not in temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Guys, you're living in the flesh. You don't ever need to trust your flesh. It's weak. Your spirit might be willing. Your spirit might say, I'll never do that. Don't be tempted. Don't even let temptation be anywhere near you. Don't look at the stuff. Don't think about the stuff. Guard your thoughts. Guard your eyes. Don't look at the stuff. And keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. And you need to be in prayer and be praying about it. And when something is tempting you, brought into you, and uh, the devil brings you some kind of temptation, then you need to instantly pray and say, Lord Jesus Christ, I need strength to be able to get past this temptation. You need to keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. You need to flee. And it'll be a joy to you, and it'll be a blessing to you that you do that. And who knows, you get up into heaven, the Lord might have a crown waiting for you because you are so good a Christian and disciplined to be able to fight these temptations. This little boy was trying to get a bat, and he wanted a baseball bat so bad, he was trying to save up his money. He was trying to save up all his quarters. And his mom said, one night I heard him in there, and he was on his bed, and he was saying his prayers. And he was praying to God, and he said, Lord, please help me save my money to get a baseball bat. Lord, please help me save my money to get a baseball bat. And then she heard the boy say one more thing. She said, Lord, don't let the ice cream truck come down my street. <laughs> Sometimes, guys, that's how you got to pray. Lord, don't lead me into temptation. I, I, I know I'm weak. I know I'm weak. I'll run right out there and buy, buy that ice cream off the ice cream truck. Because we're nothing more than little kids. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now, you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing, because I bowed my head, knowing I'm a sinner, and asked him to save me, and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.